live episode of Ainsley Hooper Chats with. Today is International Day of People with a Disability, the 3rd of December 2020. So today I'm going, I've decided to go live because I wanted to answer the questions that I've been receiving about disability and hopefully breaking down some stereotypes, removing some stigma and hoping to build a more hoping to bring normality to disability, normalcy to disability, because inclusiveness is all about making everyone, bringing, it's about bringing the norm, it's about everyone being a part of a society and there being no question about it whatsoever. Let me give you a great example of inclusiveness. You know the uh, TV show Shits Creek? It's the TV show by Eugene Levy and, Dan, and his son Dan Levy. And for those who haven't seen it, it's a comedy about a rich family who for some reason uh, go, bank, go, go bankrupt or poor anyway. So they have to go and move from their rich, beautiful home into a into a motel in, in, in a town of Schitt's Creek that they bought. So they go and, and live there. Anyway, so the son, uh, he is uh, pansexual. And it's great to see in, in this particular uh, sitcom, there's no issue about, there's nothing about, uh, there's nothing about it being odd. There's no, there's no homophobic, um, discussions. It's all about people being accepted for what they are, and there's not there's not even an ounce of questioning about whether or not it's normal or wrong or not. It's just about be, people being who they are, and that's it. So that's what I want to do today. I wanted to talk about disability, and I wanted to answer questions, as I said, to make it so that people don't have to feel like they uh, like it's a taboo topic. So with that in mind, I'm going to start answering some questions that I've received today. And throughout the podcast, I might have a couple of guests coming on. Um, well, well um, yes, I've invited a few special guests on. And if they've got the time, they're going to pop in and say hello. And hi, Bray, you're watching. Hello, thank you. This is great to see. All right, so first question, and this question happens to be from Bree Gorman for Bree Gorman Consulting. Okay, so Bree has asked me, why aren't there more people with disability in leadership roles? But more importantly, what can we do to change this? Okay, so thinking about this question, I don't, I've never been in a leadership role before, except for when I started my own consulting business, Ainsley Hooper Consulting. Uh, I worked for 20 years in the Australian Public Service um, and I just stayed in the one role, which is in the customer service area. So I can, I'm only going to talk about my experience about leadership and I would say that for me, uh, there was, it was not expected um, I just, yeah, I felt like it, it wasn't expected that I would um, 
be, I, I guess, a, a good fit for, for a leadership role. Um, and I, for, and this may, it may be that these these things that I'm thinking of may not have been the thoughts of those in leadership, but I'm just looking at it and thinking, okay, so these are the things where I felt maybe there were obstacles. For example, a person with a disability, we have health issues. That's a, that's a given. We've got chronic health issues. So, um, you know, a person in leadership, um, I guess, is not normally thought of somebody who that thought of someone of being reliable and obviously being having a chronic illness um, or having health conditions associated with your disability, it means that yeah, you, you're not always going to be able to do give 100% all the time. So therefore, that's one of the barriers when it comes to leadership. People think that uh, leadership needs to be, you need to be like in perfect form on fire all the time. So for me, that's probably one of the biggest things. Um, and also this barrier of thinking okay well people with disabilities can't do things uh like for example um depending on what kind of leadership role it might be it might be that you're expected to like go here and go to another location uh like for example like traveling uh to co conferences like those kind of things uh or training in diff different cities etc so it's assumed, I think it's assumed that people um, will have issues doing that. So therefore, they're not considered for those roles. So that is my experience with it. Um, so I think that there's a lot of people, we need to start thinking outside of the square, we need to stop thinking about, okay, so what does a leadership role look like? And we need to start looking at, okay, so what do these people, uh, so what can these people bring to the organisation? Uh, that we hadn't thought of previously so um yeah so it's basically so what we can do to change this is to sorry so what yeah so what we can do to change this is to start thinking about leadership um in the traditional sense of leadership and start we need to talk about it and how there's different ways to lead and how these different ways of leading can actually add value. So yeah, thank you for that, Bree. Um, I hope that answered your question. Okay, so the second one is, and this one came from LinkedIn. Okay. So this is from Karina Hay. Thank you, Karina. All right, so this question that Karina has posted is, uh, what are your thoughts on the approach um, and are there times when solutions need to be specifically targeted at only one need? So there's, there was two parts to that question. Uh, the first part that Karina mentioned. Okay, so... This is about inclusive solutions. So Karina says, her working motto is to be inclusive and to consider culturally appropriate solutions as well as solutions that are accessible for disabilities and language barriers, etc. So what are my thoughts on the approach or this approach? Are there times where solutions need to be specifically targeted at one need, for example, accessibility? 
I think targeting just one need um, can actually create, I think that that's part of where barriers exist because we're thinking of things too separately. So what we really need to be doing is we need to, when it comes to diversity and inclusion, for example, we need to be thinking about diversity and inclusion um, not just as just uh, not just as race or ethnicity, not just as sexual um, and sex and gender that kind of thing. We need to start thinking about diversity with disability in mind. Some organisations are doing that, some aren't, and the discussions that um, Brie Gorman has been opening up um, are around diverse uh, people are being like I've seen I've asked questions but based on things that Brie has said but have sort of um opened up my eyes to a whole new world that I haven't um considered before uh but basically disability is um people say disability is an area they're too scared to touch and I can understand that when you look at the um the United Na uh, the Australian Human Rights Commission the stats around disability it is the most it was the most complained about area in in the last last calendar year i think it was so people i mean i can understand yeah people are scared to touch it but the problem is by not touching it you're still you're going to you're in that space where that's adding to exclusion and adding to barriers and so that that's going to create even more problems so the way to address it is to think of accessibility um in the same way as um gender and and ethnicity if you're going to be creating spaces for people based on based on their gender based on their ethnicity um based on like their cultural uh, practices etc you also need to be including access needs in that because it's a part of being human we have access needs <clears throat> so once we start to incorporate that whole thing and start to think of access as as part of the whole thing that's when we'll be that's when we'll become more accepting because i've being a person with a disability, I've run in, into it time and time again. It's too expensive to do that. We can't do that. We, we oh, we don't have enough. We don't have, we don't ha uh, have that many people uh, utilising our services or whatever to really focus on that. And that's not the way to think about it. You want to make it. You want to make a space. You want to make your workplace. You want to make your business something that's welcoming for everybody. And that means addressing all those issues in in one one area and then that way it's going to become front of your mind so thank you Kyrena I hope that's answered that question for you okay so let's have a look at the other ones so Bree has just commented saying um proactive and inclusive leadership is required to ensure all people find there is a career path uh, pathway for them and, that, and that's absolutely right we need to go let's go back to that we need to look it out as a, as, a, as a managers as leaders if you've got people working underneath you you need to start thinking outside of the box start talking to them about what they want to do and don't just look at things and say okay well you don't fit here you don't this won't work for you um so therefore there's no option 
you need to start thinking outside the box and thinking, well, okay, how can that happen? How can we, how can we make that happen? That's COVID has shown that to us. COVID-19 has shown that we can make things happen for us if we need them to happen. And I start, I get, I, I'm starting, I, I get a little bit angry when I think about that because, because, and sorry, I, I'm going to be frank today because it's International Day of People with Disability and it's the only way we're going to start breaking down stereotypes is being honest. So many times over my life, I, I, like, in, like for example, uh, studying and working, things have happened where I could still be working, I could still be doing things, um, but there's barriers in place that stop me from doing things. And these were just like simple barriers, like tech, um, not having the correct technology in place, um, just little things like this. And yeah, COVID's come along. COVID's affected everybody and the big businesses and little businesses obviously as well. And people have come up with solutions. And it's like, well, okay, great. So why weren't you thinking, why weren't those solutions possible or plausible or um, considered, I'm not sure what the word is, but why weren't they considered back then when we needed them? So now, now's the time, and today's a perfect day because, yeah, we need to, as everyone's saying on social media, we need to build back the future to be more inclusive um yes all right so i will move now on to the next question i'm going to stop rambling about that and today i'm going to ramble a little bit more because yeah it's it's, it's just me talking so anyway all right so the next question i have is these are ones that are just talking about disability and these are the ones that yeah i mean Everyone's curious about disability and there's a lot of discussions about times that you should and you shouldn't ask questions. Today, I'm going to just be answering the questions regardless of whether or not I would normally uh, answer them. I'll explain when I answer the questions, I'll explain why maybe at times it's not appropriate, if that's the case. Okay, so the first question is, have you ever had uh, tried to hide your disability? Well, for those that don't know, I'm a wheelchair user. I've been a wheelchair user all my life. I have a condition called spina bifida, which means I'm a paraplegic. Um, but that's not all people with spina bifida um, are in the same situation. There's three types. So that's one of the things about not making assumptions about people with, uh, with disabilities because there are various experiences. Anyway, we'll go into that later. So going back to the question, have you tried to hide your disability? So having a visible disability, you'd think that it would be hard. And I have tried to hide it. I used to, um, if, so for those of you uh, listening who also, you may have, there's a podcast episode uh, where I previously spoke, previously spoke to my friend Tully uh, if you haven't listened to it, uh, listen to it. It's on Podbean. Um, Tully and I have known each other since 1999 or something like that. Anyway, uh, we both started using a thing called Internet Relay Chat. So it was a thing before Facebook, um, after billboards. Anyway, so it was a text-based 
communica uh, communication tool. And yeah, you go on there, obviously, so people couldn't see you. It was just text-based. So yeah, we basically went on there. Like we didn't, um, at the time, yeah, we didn't know each other. Uh, but yeah, so I never mentioned the fact that I had a disability. I was like, well, I don't need to because these people can't see me. So it's cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, yeah, and Tully was saying, she said that, that she went on there and didn't mention it either because she wanted to escape you know, the, the issues that we face, you know, just being, it's like she said, it's, it's tiring having, having a disability. And it is like, especially when you're dealing with all the, uh, just all the stuff that goes along with it. Um, yeah. So I used to try and hide my disability. Um, I wouldn't tell people about it. And then I'm, yeah, then you'd meet people and they'd be like, oh, hang on. So you never mentioned that. And yeah, so, I mean, I'm not going to go into it too much, but that I used to do that. And it was, in some situations it was all right, but other situations it was just like, yeah, I probably should have told told them that. Um, yeah, so, yes, I have. <laughs> um, and it, it's funny when I think about it now. It's like, why would I even bother? But, you know, that's partly growing up. I was young and just, yeah, I just didn't want the – I wanted to escape the whole problem of, like, have – feeling like a you know just a outsider of society and all that kind of stuff at the time and I liked being able to craft an identity online which is one of my passions about reading you know, anthropology reading about the um yeah reading about the presentation of self uh in online worlds it's actually an interesting and very fascinating area to research there's a book called uh growing up in second life uh, Second Life is basically a virtual reality world and it is, yeah, it's a fascinating book to read. This guy's basically gone online and as an anthropologist he went in and did an ethnography um, of Second Life and then wrote about it and, yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. So I certainly have a, <clears throat> a read of that if you wanted. Okay, so um, let's have a look here. The next question uh, why do so many businesses ignore or speak down to those with disabilities? Uh, I would say that's because they don't know. So we don't know what we don't know. We, if we don't know people with disabilities, we're just going to um, go off as we go off as we, we assume things based on things that we've seen, um, yeah, or have assumptions. So, the, so it's all about. Um, like from my in my experience, yeah, like when people talk down to me, that's because they assume that I'm dumb. They assume that because I'm in a wheelchair, I've also got a mental impairment. Um, and then when I start talking to them, it's very funny. Like I'll have people go, oh, how are you? And then you talk to them and they're like, oh, and then they'll start talking to you normal. So it's, 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 that's a really fascinating one for me. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, and in regards to ignoring, uh, for example, I know I go, go shopping and I'll, I'll go to, like, you know, I'll go somewhere and my partner will be there. And even though I'll say, oh, excuse me, uh, can, you, can I um, get some assistance with something because I want to purchase something, they'll then talk to my partner. And my partner will just like, if he's obviously, he knows that he's not the one they're buying and they're going to be buying off me. So he just sort of sits back and, you know, actually, you know, 
doesn't make eye contact at all and wanders off so they've got no choice but to speak to me so it's really all about just to me it's about awareness and then they're not and they don't yeah they obviously haven't had experience and don't know how to to act and considering like we're 20% of the population and disability isn't exactly a small issue inclusiveness and accessibility is a big issue and awareness has been training has been going on for years and years and years it's it's still fascinating that these these issues seem to keep popping up okay so um let's have a look at the next question why do aisles exist where people with disabilities can't fit or move around Oh, that's a lovely, interesting question. I don't know the exact answer to that. I'm assuming it's because shops have only got a certain amount of space um, to work within. Um, but I have noticed now with COVID, going into a shopping centre, they've moved a lot of stuff. So, um, yeah, um, because they've moved a lot of things, you know, it's more, more room to get around um, because they're trying to social distance. So hopefully... I don't think it'll stay. Um, but yeah, it would be lovely to think that they'll start thinking of design in regards to those kind of things and whether or not things are actually necessary to to um, to um, to crowd spaces. And Karina said she's still listening, so that's great. Thank you, Karina. Okay, so. Um, now, the next question is, should it be put on resumes that a person is in a wheelchair? I wouldn't. Um, there's a lot of talk about that. And you don't need to disclose that you've got a disability when you're applying for a job. It's actually illegal for them to ask those kind of questions. So, um, yeah, don't do it. I wouldn't do it. Um, I've even learned recently, like, in America, um, they flat out... Um, they flat out discriminate against people with disabilities in job ads by saying, you know, we don't, uh, if you can't hear, if you can't walk, you know, you don't apply for this job. Um, and that just amazes me. Um, yeah, I wouldn't put anything about my disability on a resume purely for the fact that you don't know the person's going to stereotype you whether or not they think that they are or not. Um, they're going they're going to make assumptions like and this comes down to unconscious bias they're going to make assumptions about you whether or not they realize it and that's going to affect your job opportunities so don't do it um obviously when you get to the interview um and they see you're in the wheelchair and they've got questions answer them but no no don't put it on on your initial application um but that's just my that's just my perspective and I'm not a employment consultant or anything like that. So uh, that's for me anyway. Okay. Uh, what is the best practice to discuss access modifications needed for recruiting? Um, that one I would say is basically the best practice is when you are recruiting someone is ask them what their access needs are. And this question is something that everybody should be asking 
when inviting somebody into this into a space, regardless if it's a workplace, uh, if it's for a function, uh, inviting them to anything, ask what their access needs are. Um, and that's all you need to do. So, and, and the thing is, yes, you might not know that people with disabilities are coming to your events or whatever. So it should be a question that you ask anyone. You should say, do you have an access need? And if so, what are those access needs? That is a huge, what, uh, easy practice. And it is a very, it's a huge practice. So it's a very impactful um, to have people actually be conscious of that. And it's an inclusive practice. Okay. Now, should we assume all workplaces know how to accommodate? and discuss accommodations so it will feel comfortable. Um, should we all assume that people, the workplaces know? I don't think we should uh, at the moment. And I'd like to say that we should, but I don't think we should because in my experience, there's been a lot of, uh, over the years, there's been a lot of conversations that I've had where it's been like, wow, you know, they've had people with disabilities in the organisation for years and years and years, and yet they're still asking these questions. So unfortunately not, um, but yeah, it would be great um, going forward if that was the case. Okay. Now, this other question is in relation to um, just in general, when is it okay to offer some help? And how should you do this? So this is a question um, that's asked, been asked to me for uh, time and time again. And the, and the way I would do it is, if you were to offer the same help, offer the help to a person if you see them struggling, um, and offer help if you would ordinarily offer help in a situation anyway. So, for example, would you like me to help open the door for you? you know that's a question that you would ask anybody so just do that and um yeah so oh sorry um, i just got sidetracked there for a little bit so yeah basically that's the way to do it don't overthink it because uh, people are too that people have become very scared of asking because they don't want to offend um don't if a person says no i'm fine leave it at that um and don't go, don't go, don't go doing something for somebody without asking them first. Like for example, uh, um, I'm trying to think for an example. Like say a vending machine. If I can reach it, if you can see me at a vending machine and I can reach the coin slot, um, and you can see me actually reaching in and getting something, don't ask me. Um, like yeah don't don't try and step in front and do and help me because you can clearly see that i already am able to do it and i say this because that's happened to me and it threw me off because i'm like i didn't you know and, and obviously the person was being nice but yeah there's a you've, you've you've really got to watch because it can actually um i'm trying to think of a nice way to say it that yeah, it can. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Let's put it that way. It's just it's uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, just basically when it comes to asking for uh, person needs help, 
just think of it in the way of if you would ask somebody else who doesn't have a disability if they need help with something then do the same for a person with a disability and if you see them actually struggling ask them if they need help and then yeah, they'll let you know Yen Perkins was going to pop in to say hi, but she uh, they've just advised that they've got they're busy at work, so that's all good. So Yen, thank you very much, and yeah, hope you have a great day. Alrighty, so now, what struggles or frustrations um, do each disability deals on a daily basis? Oh, so that's that's a question that's. Um, it's a hard question to ask because there are so many people with disabilities. The disabilities vary widely. Um, not everybody with the same disability experiences the same things. So, for like, I have spina bifida, as I mentioned. There's three types of spina bifida, um, but and I'm in a wheelchair, and it doesn't mean that the things I experience are going to be the same things that another person in a wheelchair experiences. There, and they're going to be able to do things that I can't do. So. They, yeah, these challenges are very varied and so we can't assume that what works for one or what doesn't work for one is going to work for another. So it's about understanding that people with disabilities, regardless of our commonalities, we also have differences as well. Uh, someone asked me if mental health is a disability and I would say absolutely, absolutely, yes, mental health is a disability. Disability is not just something that you're born with, it is something that you acquire as well. It could be from an accident um, and, yeah, it could be for, like, for example, MS, uh, multiple sclerosis, that's not something you're born with, that's acquired later on and, yeah, mental health is one of those things as well. It stops you being able to do something that you could previously do uh, in society so yeah absolutely that's a disability in my opinion and okay so the next question is how now this is an interesting one how would people who are newcomers to having a disability like to be referred to okay so i can't speak to that question because i was born with a disability uh, but my i do have an answer in regards to that kind of question because the that question is i've had it in the form of how do people with disabilities like to be referred to and the best thing that i could suggest is ask the person what pronouns they prefer when we're, <clears throat> when we're talking about gendered pronouns we're talking you know people mention that they prefer their they or, or um yeah their they or, or them um, or he or his, her or her or, or she, uh, for example, and it's the same with disability. So I prefer a person with a disability. Um, I used to dislike with a passion disabled person, and I and there are various reasons for that because of the word disabled. Um, but I've since learned to accept that and I will wear that because it's a political thing. Um, but yeah, so, but other people, um, not so much in Australia, but other people I've seen in America, for example, there's a lot of, there's um, special needs. People like to use the term special needs. In Australia, that's largely uh, frowned upon because our needs aren't special, our needs are, 
our needs and everybody has needs. So that is where special needs is is, um, is problematic. Uh, yes, okay. So anyway, so th th there's that. Okay, so... So yeah, basically ask people what they prefer to be called. So don't assume that you've read something on the internet and says, okay, they 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 prefer to be called this or that. Ask them. It's like, so for example, you might even get someone and you'll say, now how would you look? What pronouns would you prefer? Just call me and like I, you know, just call me Ainsley. Because yes, I do have a disability, but I'm Ainsley, you know. So uh, just ask people. It's just common. It's courtesy. It's, it's it's the same. Like for example, you don't know somebody's um, non-binary, so you ask. Okay, and let's have a look here. What are the obstacles that people with disabilities face running their own businesses, and what do they do to overcome it? So. I have to say that me running my own business has been easiest. I'm lucky. It's been very easy for me. Um, I just, after certain things that happened, I just decided to go with it. And yes, in, so it's, I've been going for two years and it's taken off. So I would say for, as a per, looking like from looking at my experiences looking at applying for jobs going through employment service providers um and the barriers i was facing dealing with that um, running my own business is been much easier i'm actually um i'm doing more things than i've ex ever thought i would be doing um it's my, my confidence has been boosted because i'm not constantly faced with our oh, you need to improve on doing this, you know, because of my health, for example, like it might have been um, my absences at work were high. So I look at, you know, if you could focus on your health more and decrease those days, then, you know, these, your KPIs would increase. Um, so, yeah, there's all that. And so we're, I, I'm able to work my business around my health and it doesn't affect my work. Um, I do what I do for clients and they're happy with the work that gets done. And because of that, it actually helps my health. Uh, so for me, I would absolutely, um, even I know Simon Darcy talks about um, working, yeah, business, like being an entrepreneur uh, in the disability space, oh, like, sorry, being, having a disability and being an entrepreneur. And it really is the way of the future because we're able to do what we can, we're able to, utilize our specialties and it doesn't mean that we have to work in disability we can do anything um that we're skilled at um but yeah we've because we've had to work our way around society uh, uh we, we, we've worked out ways to it's just uh, it's hard to explain but yeah we, we're just we're able to i guess think of things different differently so yeah, we, because we've had to work out, okay. So because we've had to overcome obstacles, um, various obstacles, and not just physical uh, throughout our lives, we're able to think of different ways of doing things. So yeah, that, that's why I would say being a business owner with a disability is probably one of the easiest things. 
Okay, so let's have a look. There's another list of questions that I have here. I'm just going to bring those up. So let's have a look here. All right, so there's another question on the podcast. I oh, saw on the, um, yeah. I saw a man in a wheelchair looking, a comment here, looking lost and was going to offer help, then thought twice, then thought exactly that. Would I offer if they weren't in a wheelchair? The answer was yes, and of course I went and asked. He didn't need my help, but glad I asked. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Like I, um, I was somewhere and I can't remember where I was, but yeah, it was the same thing. And I was just like, oh, thank you so much for asking, because you know people just get fit. yeah, people are just too scared to ask, and it and it really it made my day that somebody asked me if I needed help with this because. Um, yeah, I probably, I think it was a situation where I probably did need help, but I thought, oh, okay, well, I can just do it myself, which is a, a thing I often deal with. Um, or I do, I try and avoid asking for help. Um, yeah, so I was very glad and very, very appreciative that this person had put themselves out there to ask. All right, I'm just going to take a, 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 take a breath so I can have a sip. All right, thank you. So I'm hoping that you're all getting something out of this because this is this is really fun. I never thought I thought talking to myself or talking by myself would actually be quite boring, but and no, it's not. I'm probably looking very strange to the people out on the street whilst I'm talking to the computer in my study, but yeah, you get that. <laughs> okay, so. Going back to the second list of questions, um, if you woke up tomorrow without your disability, what would be the first thing that you'd do? So oh, the first thing that I'd do uh, when I was a kid, um, my brother had a half pipe in the backyard. <laughs> so I've always, um, so like I, I was, and still am a fan of watching skateboarding. Um, so yeah, the, back then I would be like, yeah, I want to go on the skateboard. <laughs> um, but now it's probably I would like to go into the gym and um, there's these rings on the, that are hanging from the there's a yeah there's a rope that's hanging from the gym. I'd like to like maybe climb up that or something like do some kind of strongman stuff. I've done strongman stuff in the wheelchair, but yeah, that or even deadlifting, deadlifting or a squat, something like that. I know I probably. My legs would probably collapse underneath me, but um, but yeah, if, if you know if I wake up and they were functional, there's no problem. Yeah, I try that. Okay, so how did you choose your chair? Is it like shopping for a car? Um, basically, well, I've only shopped for a car a couple of times. Um, yeah, so basically, chose my my wheelchair based on the, my knees. Um, I actually got this one based on my branding colors for my business. So it's pink and green for people who um, obviously can't see it because um, that's the branding on my logo. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's exactly like shopping for a car and can be quite annoying when you've got so many options and, you've yeah, you've got to sort of like you've got to basically yeah, go through the options and then, yeah, it comes and then you've got to try it out and then, 
yeah, although it's probably actually a bit more difficult than getting a car because, I mean, yeah, you can go for a test drive in a car, um, but, yeah, you really don't know about your wheelchair until you've actually used it for a few weeks. So it can be a bit annoying. Um, okay. Are there any everyday events that you avoid? Yep. Um, I avoid going anywhere generally prior to COVID that had crowds because crowds are annoying in a wheelchair because all you see are bums. Um uh, people can't hear you because they're up, talk, they're standing up and talking, and you're down at their waist. So that's really annoying. So it sounds like a muff, like sounds very muffled. Um, and yeah, since COVID here, like obviously you haven't been around crowds well for nine months. Um, went to a shopping center last week for the first time. That was enough. Um, I probably avoid crowds again. Although I'm going to a Christmas party in December, so later this month with the, with the gym, so that will be interesting to see. But yeah, usually I avoid um, I avoid anywhere that I don't know that's going to have access. Um, so yeah, ma ma mainly crowds and yeah places where I'm not familiar with. I'm not sure if the access is going to be there or not. But now I feel like I'm going to be more assertive in asking about their access. Okay, now. Do you prefer people to ignore or acknowledge your disability? Okay, this is an interesting one. I, when I was younger, I was like, don't talk about my disability. I don't, you know, I have a disability, yes, but I don't want you to talk about it because I'm sick of hearing about it. Um, <laughs> which, when I, in hindsight, it was probably not the best way of being because it's, yeah, it created barriers, like people were scared to, talk about it and stuff um but so and now it's like okay so you know I, the, the other extreme is I'm like I don't want people to be like all about my disability but you know my disability is now what I do for my business like well, okay my I do my business because of my experiences with disability and how I can see, see it can help help people um so yeah um now it's like I've accepted it and I'm and it's weird because even though I've had a physic like I've had a visible disability all my life I used to think okay uh that I can separate my disability from every other aspect of my life and they won't mix in together which was a very unhealthy way of being and it didn't work so now I understand that it has to be <clears throat> has to be considered in and yeah, I'm fine with people talking about it now um, and asking about it because I don't want people to be like, oh, I don't know how to approach that person, etc. Okay. <clears throat> has has your disability impacted your relationships? So no, I've been with my partner for 15 years. Um, met three weeks later it's like you want to come meet the family family awesome and yeah we've been together 15 years um so no um do you prefer to hang out with people who also have a disability um wouldn't say prefer to hang out um most of my yeah my friends are all basically people with their disabilities um i've now obviously now i do have friends with disabilities um 
and the reason why that is okay so growing up uh in governments like going to school when you're in the government system you are in clinics um so i had i went to a clinic for people with spina bifida you know so i, I grew up with knowing kids with other kids with disabilities once you're out of high school you lose all that network and so uh and i mean yeah so you you lose that that, that contact so i didn't really have anything to do with other people with disabilities until I was um, 20, 20, oh, I, let me think. Okay, let's say uh, I'm getting old, so it's like a while ago. Anyway, so, yeah, and it wasn't, yeah, I was back, it was before the end of the AIS kicked in um, and I started to uh, get involved in a thing called Lay Balm, which is part of Committee for Geelong. And that's when I started to, to, network with other people with disabilities and yeah so i've got a, a quite a few um friends and acquaintances acquaintances through all of that and obviously now uh with my business so but yeah basically i wasn't like you know it's like oh okay so that person's got a disability i'm gonna hang out with them uh or, or like it wasn't like you know you don't automatically have anything in common with a person just because they've got a disability um so that that's in like for example i know like i'd have people going oh you know such and such don't you because they've got and it's like no actually i don't i mean just because a person's got a disability doesn't mean that they're automatically it's not like there's a secret society of us or anything like that so my like the network of people that i know now are all people that i've met through my business and through yeah so yeah um so basically yeah my, my the majority of my friends are people without disabilities and that wasn't a conscious thing that was just how how it's been okay so what are the worst examples in media and television of portrayals of people with disability um oh these are good so the the kid on glee in the wheelchair that he annoyed me because i thought he was actually an actor in a wheelchair until I saw that montage dream sequence and he jumped out of his wheelchair and started dancing. So after that, I was just like, no, that's it. Uh, and also the girl that I can't think of her name. There's a blonde girl who ended up in a wheelchair from an accident and then miraculously started getting out of a wheelchair when some music started playing. So that, that, that was, a, they were crappy um, roles. If you ask me, um, and i would i think like just the, the ones where like they mock people with disabilities like i get like <laughs> and it's an interesting one because i can't like i get comedy um yeah comedy i get like and it's necessary to talk about some stuff but it's just like some places some of it's like like seinfeld there was an episode of seinfeld where um this woman her wheelchair destroyed or something and so kramer went and bought her a new wheelchair which was secondhand and that wheelchair um the secondhand wheelchair the brakes didn't work so she ended up going down this hill and couldn't stop herself you know and that was supposedly funny but and i kind of get it but it's not funny when you're actually a person in a wheelchair and 
I've had that, like I've had a bad accident. And so for me, it's just like, uh, it's actually not funny because um, it's actually scary. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting one for me. Um, I get it, but I think there are better ways of doing it. And if you're going to use disability in comedy, there's better ways of doing it. And it's instead of making fun of the person with a disability, um, it could be with the person with a disability. So that's, yeah, that's how I do it. So what do I do for exercise? Okay, I do go to the gym. I do powerlifting. Um, I, <clears throat> I do bench press. Um, I compete in GPC which is the Global Powerlifting uh, Committee. Um, yeah, so I so I can I compete in that. Uh, there there is a like there uh, there is a sport called para bench. Um, I don't do that. I've always trained just on a regular bench. So and they're accommodating. So I'm like I'm just going to stick with these guys, and I get to train with my friends. So I get to train my friends. I get to compete with my friends. Um, and I love the gym. The gym had like the gym keeps me sane. Um, when we were locked down, I couldn't go to the gym. I was going bonkers. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, I love the gym. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. I go. I love going working out, being under under the weights, um, and having nothing else to concentrate on other than making sure that bar doesn't hit my, doesn't crush my chest, and also that I lock out. Um, yeah. So that's that's one of my loves. All right, so I've got nine minutes to go. I want to just see if I can get through the rest of these questions. Um, and thank you so much for listening in today. It's uh, I hope that these answering these questions has been um, beneficial. So I'd love it if you went onto uh, Ainsley Hooper Consulting onto my Facebook page, onto my LinkedIn, onto my Twitter. Um, which is A-H-C-S-L-T-G um, or Instagram and just comment about your thoughts about this podcast. Leave, if you've got any further questions, let me know, okay? Um, I am available for consulting. Um, I consult with businesses to help them identify invisible barriers to accessibility, uh, which means basically, so basically what I do is I bring understanding about disability to disability to organizations to workplaces to and it's about helping you understand your customers or helping you understand how to improve certain things that you're doing for people with disabilities you might have an, a disability advisory committee or uh, an, a participant engagement group or something like that if you're a disability service provider i help you work out where you need to improve on those things or if there's any room for improvement and i do do it through using um, tools like qualitative research and also other other tools i also do um, talks etc so yeah contact me if you have any questions and we can talk all right so let me just quickly see if we can go through these other questions um so the stigma that surrounds my disability um i I do, I'd say is that people think that I don't work. Like, oh, you know, for example, I worked um, in the APF for 20 years and people were like, oh, so you must be on, on benefits. No, I worked. So I've had that. Um, so people are surprised when I work, um, <clears throat> surprised that, you know, I've studied, surprised that I've got a partner, even though he's in the house. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so there's all this stigma about, you know, what a person with a disability can't do. 
Um, so it's just about uh, it's about educating them, and sometimes I'm just like, yep, you know, I just correct them and then I move on. Um, what's the biggest perk about living with a disability? Um, parking space. <laughs> I've got a t-shirt that says I'm just in it for the parking. Um, and yeah, basically, yeah, it's like my partner gets, you know, with me in the car, gets the good parking spot. So yeah, that's a pretty good perk. <laughs> um, okay, and the final question, what would the ideal world look like for you as a person with a disability? Everyone being included. So that means that we don't have to talk about we don't have to talk about disability as much because it's already known that you ask a person about their access needs that they can do things um yeah so they, they can they can do things um that we are just we are people we just have disabilities and this is the big one for me my disability doesn't exist because of my body. My disability exists because of the outside world and the barriers that I face from in the outside world. Um, so in my home, I am me. And only when I go outside and there's things that I cannot do, that's when I have my disability. So that's the thing that people really need to understand is that it's, that it's things in society that needs to change. And once these things in society change, disability won't be a barrier. So that's the main take. That's, that's probably the main takeaway that I would love for people to um, take from today. Um, so, look, I'm going to wind it up for today. So thank you for listening to me talking for an hour. Wow. <laughs> I've, as I said, I hope you found it real. I hope you found it helpful. And... Yeah, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, whatever, I would love to have you hear your comments on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, my website, ainsleyhooper.com.au. Send me an email at info at ainsleyhooper.com.au because, um, yeah, I'd love to know exactly, yeah, what you've taken from today because I'd love, to, I mean, yes, it's, it's International Day of People with Disabilities today. Um, but yeah, we are not here just one day a year. We're here 365 days a year. And these issues are also here for us 365 days a year. And it would be nice if these issues could be um, addressed and moved on so that we no longer have to be 40 years, as Christina Ryan from the Disability Leadership Institute said, we are 40 years behind women when it comes to rights and we being so when it comes to equality and we are 10 years behind aboriginal people when it comes to equality also so i'm in my 40s so that means that for, for most of my life so far have not been equal so we need to change that so thank you all right so thank you for listening in um and I hope you all have a great day. And if you've heard some other interesting talks today or read some interesting stuff about disability today, 
please share it amongst your networks share it on my, my pages um, because I'd love to see what you've been and talk about what you've been doing to celebrate International Day of People with Disability. So thank you again. And my next Ainsley Hooper Chats with episode in my podcast, um, I'll be, obviously I'll be having another awesome guest coming up. So keep an eye out for that and have a great day. And thank you very, very much, everybody, for listening in and I'm just very, very grateful to be able to um, yeah, share all this with you. Okay, great. Thank you and have a great day. And have a, and I'm just thank you for everybody for listening in and I am going to sign off now. All right, bye.